Theoretical Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine. Uh, today we're doing something a little different. Uh, we're going to talk about the church, um, the church in respect to black social justice. So we have a special guest. I'll go in and introduce you, introduce you to him. He'll say a little bit more about himself. All right. So, so just because Loki Radical Podcast is about social justice, um, I can't ignore the fact that the church is playing a major role, especially uh, during the civil rights movement. They played a major role in the social justice movement. Uh, there were many young leaders that came out of the church, Martin Luther King, uh, Jesse Jackson, and John Lewis. Critics complain about the lack of leaders, especially young leaders, from the church in today's climate. So that leads us to the bigger question. Is there a disconnect between the younger generation when it comes to God, faith, and church? So today I have youth pastor Trey DuPont here with me to discuss this topic. So welcome to the show, Trey. Thank you. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun one, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, this is a great topic to discuss. It, it needs to be discussed. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just want you to introduce yourself. Give a little background. Okay. Uh, well, uh, as you said, I'm a youth pastor in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm at Greater Zion Missionary Baptist Church, and I've been serving there for uh, nearly five years. Awesome. Um, I've been in ministry for... 14 years, okay. actually. So, and I actually, I went into the ministry immediately after high school. Nice. I was licensed. And so I'm a young person mm-hmm. in church and in ministry. So, you know, I, I've got some stake in the game and yeah. I'm invested in it. I'm <laughs> an expert by no means, but I do have an opinion. And so I'm here to share from my perspective and experiences on the black church on radical change for injustice and the church's involvement so okay let's go for it yeah definitely (laughs) we love different perspectives you know you don't have to be an expert we just want to know your experience so and let's talk about that what was your experience as a young person growing up in the black church so i I grew up primarily in the in the baptist church okay and uh it was in the city of wilmington and my pastor um was a history major in school so um, he never separated uh, justice from Christ, and I think that's that's essential. Yes. I also grew up in a church where uh, I was told that if you want to do something as a young person, mm-hmm. do it. And mm-hmm. so, rather than complaining about it not being there at the church right. or walking away from the church, if I came up with something that I desired that needed to be at the church, I was in position to to make it happen. And okay. I, so, I think that that freedom was for me um, what kept me in the church. Mm-hmm. And then really quickly, I had a lot of trauma and loss and, and death that uh, happened in my life from a very young age. And so uh, not the church, but my relationship with God within church context. And mm. also my ties were first to God okay. and second to the church. And I felt more secure sometimes in the sanctuary of my church than I did anywhere else. Because I felt like this was a moment where I could go to God. That's good stuff. Sometimes we are experts through our experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you right here. That was (laughs) (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because most people, I think, I mean, I might be jumping ahead. So I I, I say most people are reared to Mm -hmm. think that church is church. 
Mm-hmm. But we don't go to church for the sake of church. We go to church because of our relationship with God. Right. And when we mix that up, I think we run into problems of, of, of not being satisfied in church. Church cannot, it can't satisfy you. Yeah. So, but here, here I am years later, mm-hmm. a firm believer in God and, and an active participant in, in church. Amazing. Yeah. So what do you think is the d- disconnect or do you even think there is a disconnect between the younger generation and church, God, faith? I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a, a complex response. I okay. think. As a youth pastor, I deal with young people who are calling their parents hypocritical. Mm. And so their parents may be one way at church and another way at home. Okay. Uh, that's evangelism gone, gone bad. Right. And so I think that plays a part in the disconnect. I think miseducation. I think this whole Jesus is, is for white people white Jesus I think that plays and it's not true Mm -hmm. that this is the white man's religion that plays a part an uneducated unshaped mind I think uh, you have sometimes the church can be aloof from practical everyday living Mm -hmm. and so we have an expectation to we preach Bible but we don't preach it practically and so tell me how to do what you said I should be doing is what sometimes goes lacking in the church Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll preach fire and hell, but you don't teach me how to live. Yeah. And so you tell me what not to do, but you don't tell me what I can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays to it. So I think I think there's so many caveats. And then I think we're trained. We we are conditioned to love church and not God. Yeah. We can do church, but we don't know the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why the. 1825 is like, wait, church isn't even a real thing. Like, why am I wasting my time going to a church? And I don't even know the God I'm going to see. That's so true. So, um, I guess that's a that's a, a high-level answer overall of why I think, yes, I think there's a disconnect, and um, I think there are several reasons for it. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you, what do, you do differently, I guess, with the youth you have, yeah. with bringing in youth? Like, what do you do differently and what do you think others can do differently? What plan can we have to bring that younger generation in so we can get this <laughs> leadership yeah. that we so need? That's a that's a great question. I think it's, it's, uh, it's a great question. Uh, I know what I am doing mm-hmm. and what I could be doing more, but I try to be honest okay. about living, about mm-hmm. temptation, about Bible, yes. and I'm not a big programmer. Okay. So I don't have Easter recitations. I don't have Christmas programs. I'm not doing a whole lot of things to try to gimmicks to get people in. I, I believe in the model of Jesus by making disciples. And I think that we make a mistake when we think that young people are not people. Mm. And I think what we have to give them is the gospel. Mm-hmm. We have to tailor the gospel in a way that can be received. And that is practical and, and, and applicable. But it's the gospel. When Jesus called his disciples he called them away from some things and told them this is not a cakewalk like Mm -hmm. if you're going to follow me there has to be some denial and there is a cross (laughs) (laughs) and and i think young people especially and you know because i'm young i like to think i'm young Mm -hmm. i'd rather you be real with me and be authentic with me it's important don't don't um bait and switch me Mm -hmm. and i think the church um 
not in its entirety, people, but sometimes we are guilty of baiting and switching. Yeah. And we tell people, everything's going to be perfect. And then they come to church, not to Christ, but to church thinking everything would be perfect. And we're like, oh, well, you know, you just got to go through some things. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the healthy way. So for me, what do I do? I try to be practical. I try to be biblical. I try to be relatable okay. and honest. That's my answer. That's good. <laughs> A long <laughs> answer, good. Jasmine. Listen, <laughs> we need it. That's the leadership that we're talking about, and that's going to create other leaders that need to hear from you. We all need to hear from you. And even older folks need to hear it so that they can instill that wisdom into other yeah. young people because, yeah. like you said, uh, they need to see that example. They need the mentorship. And Absolutely. I think that's definitely lacking on our part. Like, we like to blame the younger generation, young people, but it it falls on us, too. You you said we like to blame the young people. I'm so glad you said <laughs> that because I don't know if you grew up like this. I did. Mm-hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And that mentality is so off, and it's not biblical. Right. Uh, and I think we have to model the behavior we want to see, parents or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Parents, pastors, preachers, teachers, Sunday school teachers model the behavior you want to see and don't demand young people to live for Christ (laughs) and you can't do it Yeah, because I can go on a tangent with that (laughs) but I think that that's what we we have to model that behavior and so if I'm expecting you to be serious with Christ um, it's you aren't saved by what you do not do and you are not saved by what you do do Mm -hmm. Uh, salvation is a matter of your heart and your soul Mm-hmm. And those things, those fruit that come after the acceptance of Jesus Christ will come when we are teaching appropriately. Right. And uh, and I, I don't think we've always done that. But there are some, some churches and some pastors and preachers and teachers who are diligent to the text. Mm-hmm. They just may not be relatable. Mm-hmm. And you can be relatable without grabbing. You don't have to steal WAP and put it into your sermon to be relatable. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but all right I'm done before I get in trouble no I mean you made a good point especially in the beginning when you said um you know it's about the modeling being that example and you know I was blessed to have parents who um you know did what the bible said do Mm -hmm. and they were that example for me and my siblings in the household it was even to the point where you know I would go to other households and see adults not necessarily acting how the Bible says act or how they say that they should act mm-hmm. in church. Like there'll be one way in church and then one way at home. And I'm like, this this is real? Like <laughs> this is what happens? This is life. Yeah. So I was kind of like very shielded from that. But that's very important that you said that because a lot of young people, they're like, you in church praising God on Sunday, but then, you know, all the other days of the week, you're cussing me out mm-hmm. or, you know, doing whatever. So that's a good point to bring up. Definitely. Yep. I think the other part, too, when you say that is be honest with your children mm-hmm. about what you've done. Yeah. I think just generationally, you have to be mindful that these are your kids yeah. and that you had an inclination to do certain things and wear mini skirts and do these things. Mm-hmm. Do you not expect your daughter to have those same inclinations? And so rather than shaming these young people for interests that you had right. at their age... Um, and rather than pretending that you got it all together and you had it together since you were 13, talk about it. Be honest with them about be your experiences and so that they can see your authentic self right. and grow to, to a place where they can have a real relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to do. I think we failed at pointing people to Jesus. Mm. We've been pointing them to church. Yes. And if you've been a part of a youth ministry all your life and you turn 18 and you're done, 
that youth ministry pointed you to church. Mm-hmm. That's true. Also, and I'm done, Jasmine. <laughs> this Go is ahead. too much. I love this it. is Go hot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect your youth pastor mm-hmm. to get your kids into heaven. Mm. Say that again. Because <laughs> <laughs> just, you can't expect your youth pastor to do in two hours on a Sunday and 30 minutes on a Wednesday or Thursday yes. what you have every day of the week to do. Mm-hmm. It, it, you cannot leave it up to your teachers at school to instruct your kids right. on educating them. You can't leave it up to the youth pastor to say, all right, for this next two hours, you're going to come back a different person. Mm-hmm. You know how many times as, a, as dealing with youth, my entire ministry, because I'm young, people automatically say, well, you got to be a youth pastor just because you're young and, and you're fired about God. Right. Um, I'll see me teach one thing mm-hmm. and I know their parents and I know that when they go home everything that I just taught goes out of the window <laughs> and so it's so frustrating because I've got to deprogram and reprogram in two hours and they go back home and they think that certain things are acceptable that's so true and so if you're concerned about the younger generation be a better present generation mm. and we can't forget when we keep blaming those beneath us, the Generation Z, the Generation X, the Millennials and all these things, they were raised by someone or they were not raised by someone. Listen, but that's a word. I'm done. <laughs> I got to be done. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Jasmine no, called me to do this and I'm just going to work my way. So you want to come back trouble. again. You know this. Okay. All right. Just letting you know for future reference. <laughs> but I do want to end since this is low-key radical podcast. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned about this whole white Jesus thing and how some youth are turned off because of that. Speak about that a little. We don't have a white Jesus. Listen, listen, (laughs) Jesus of the Bible is not white. There is no way historically he could be white. Uh, There is no way biblically that he's been called white. What has happened is white people have erected an image of what they wanted their Jesus to look like. Mm. And because we are a minority, we've succumbed to what their Jesus looks like. But that's not the biblical Jesus. Jesus was radical. Jesus fought against injustice and prejudices. and, And he was on the front lines of saying... Do unto others as he as you would have done unto you. Right. Let him without sin cast the first stone. First of all, Jesus went to the Samaritan woman, crossing racial lines and everything. Like, listen, <laughs> let me get your soul saved. So no, uh, and then let's also uncover the lie that it's the white man's religion and it was the slave master. I'm sorry, um, that that speak about it because that's not true. Right, Christianity was established well before the transatlantic slave trade. Mm. I repeat, well before our ancestors in Africa thought that they were going to trade things and get extra spices, right, and sold people into slavery. Their understanding of slavery, which was not the European understanding of slavery. Mm -hmm. They thought they were working off a debt. They did not think that they were going to be chained, shackled, and worked as animals. So we've got to have the real conversation, but back to Jesus not being white. Mm -hmm. No. And those of you who, who like to read from three verses in the book of Deuteronomy and, and suggest, uh, that it's the white man's religion. Um, we just have to do a bit more uh, research. We've, we've mm-hmm. got to be more diligent in our study mm-hmm. and to know that um, Jesus is, if anything, I'm going to get in trouble for this for sure. Say he probably radical. Low-key like, radical pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Low-key <laughs> radical. He probably looked like the guy that owns the 7-Eleven. 
I say that all the t- I say that all the time. <laughs> and people are so offended, but I really I'm not trying to be offensive, but that is true. Can we let's low key radical. Listen. And guess what? Because of the work of Jesus, because mm-hmm. of the love of Jesus, because of the purpose of Jesus, even if he was white, and or the guy at the 7-Eleven and or straight up Ethiopian where you'll find some of the oldest transcripts of Bib- the Bible writings, right? Mm-hmm. In Ethiopia, not just the eunuchs, but but in, in Ethiopia, the oldest transcripts, some of them were found in Ethiopia, which blows your argument about master. Yes. The other thing is um, it doesn't matter about his race. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty of not knowing what Jesus looks like makes sure that we can all see ourselves in Christ. Yeah. He did not die for black people. He did not die for white people. And the truth is he did not die for the Jew. Mm. He died for the church, for the Gentile, those who are not of Jewish descent. You preaching. So, <laughs> and so <laughs> wherever you are, whether you are white, black, or indifferent, somewhere in between Jamaican and Asian or Jamaican Indian, praise God. Praise God. Wherever you <laughs> fall, he died for you. Yeah. And I think that's the disconnect with our young people is you need to know that he has a very personal and a very real relationship with everyone. Yeah. And should you be willing to accept him, he's willing to accept you. Mm. That's all I got to say. I'm sorry. Mic drop. We're <laughs> ending on that <laughs> note. Trey, thank you so yeah. much for being yeah. here tonight. I really appreciate it. You're coming back. Listen, I would love to. This is fun and nerve-wracking <laughs> at the same right? time. <laughs> I don't do cameras well, but <laughs> and we're gonna have some more people too, so it'll be yeah, it'll be good. Absolutely, yeah. I'll get dressed for it, okay. and, uh, and we'll do that. You're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank Jack. you. All right.